The life of man is a long march through the night, surrounded by invisible foes, tortured by weariness and pain towards a goal that few can hope to reach and where none may tarry long. One by one, as they march, our comrades vanish from our sight, seized by the silent orders of omnipotent death. Very brief is the time in which we can help them, in which their happiness or misery is decided. Be it ours to shed sunshine on their path, to lighten their sorrows by the balm of sympathy, to give them the pure joy of a never-tiring affection, to strengthen failing courage, to instill faith in hours of despair. United with his fellow men by the strongest of all ties, the tie of common doom, the free man finds that a new vision is with him always, shedding over every daily task the light of love. Today on the show, we're drinking Bud Ice. That was the most sophisticated introduction to cold cans that we've ever heard. I thought it was necessary for a sophisticated beverage. Uh, Oh, that's pouring well. Oh, yeah. I like the slow fade out of the music. I don't think we've ever done this before. (laughs) Should we just loop it for the whole episode? Maybe. (laughs) All right. There. Music Boy got to... Do everything today. Hell Pour yeah. the beers. Crack the beers. Play the music. Record the show for the third week to in our a row. nice new microphones. Oh, drop that to the listeners. I told Cheers. you I owe you three in a row. Cheers, Cheers Joe. Ah, uh, it's better than I would have had imagined. It's really not not bad. And I've been drinking a lot of like I don't know frou frou beers lately. It's nice to What's just frou frou beers. I you know, like fancy stuff like hoity toity beers. Hoity toity. I hope Fru Fru is not like a. Well, I don't I think know, it's I know a you've offensive thing. Dangerous territories there before, but that's what I mean. Yeah, like Got a little it. bit. Yeah. So you're nothing you're like, simple. Okay, so you're, I haven't been doing these adjuncts. Got to get back to the adjunct. Yeah, yeah, get back to it. But I, in addition to the connotations that people know and it coming in a giant uh, can and everything, mm. the marketing on it is just also bad. It's like early <laughs> 2000s sort of ice font that doesn't do it any justice. Yeah, they have not updated that. And this one's called The Big One. Oh, it's The Big One. 25 fluid ounce can. The old silo. Oh, I gotta get a picture of The Big One with The Big One. Hey, I'm My the big, big boy. With The Big One. Let me get one. Let's get a picture here. And cheers. Oh, you closed your eyes as I took the picture. <laughs> Take it again. No, look, it's a pretty good one. <laughs> it's The Big One. I look high. That's okay. Um, what will me mom say? <laughs> I don't know. Does when she, she listen? follows us on Instagram. No, she doesn't. She One day she's going to binge listen to every episode hey, and she be might. happy about how much you worry about her on every That's episode. True. That's nice. Always worrying, Ma. Um, the quote at the top of the show, Bertrand Russell in his book, Mysticism and Logic. Mm. I thought it was a powerful quote because- Yeah. So you're reading this book. I'm reading this book and- uh, it's a like a book, like a French book that is translated. It's actually a Spanish book, I guess, that was translated. I don't know. A French buddy of mine told me about it. French-Canadian buddy of mine Oh, told wow. Me about it. Doesn't count. Um, shout out to Matt Morissette. Um, so uh, I was reading it, and that passage struck me. Basically, what it's saying is, here's the logic it's, that Bertrand's building around this, okay? Give it to me, Bert. He's saying, in essence, we're all born with with fr- with true freedom and some of us are born with like i guess a more restricted world of that freedom like if you're born into poverty mm-hmm. versus being born into affluence or whatever but we do have freedom of choice 
for the most part. Like, we have some confined world so of choices like we can innate, make. The innate we have innate of man. freedom. We have innate yeah. yes. Okay. And every decision we make restricts that freedom our entire life. Hmm. You could make a major decision like murdering somebody, which would put you in jail, and your freedoms would be restricted, right? Or like yeah. when the judges of your boxing match uh, declare that you uh, isn't that what a major decision is, oh, yeah, or is yeah, that a wrestling thing? Might be a split decision and something like that. Oh yeah, major decision I think is a wrestling thing when you win by more than fourteen points. Sorry, oh, keep okay. going. Hey, wrestling heads out there are going wild. <laughs> They're just dumping their butt ices on their heads. <laughs> um, so hold on, I'm gonna take a drink. It is good. It's good to sip it's, while we're it sucks chatting. that it's good, but it is good. So Bertram argues every decision you make restricts your freedom a little bit. Okay. For you get up in the morning, you have a decision to wear you to wear nothing, to wear any shirt that you have, to go out and buy a shirt, whatever. As soon as you pick a shirt and you put it on, your your freedom that freedom is is restricted. You because you made day. the choice. Because you made the choice. So there's freedom so and choices multitude. sort of restru- restrict huh. freedom. And some people make choices throughout their entire life that like narrow-mindedly give them no freedom. And then mostly those people will get frustrated. Um, Hmm. It's the people, he argues, it's the people who make the choices that retain freedom as much as humanly possible that are the happiest. And if you don't like where you work, you go change your job until you you feel more free and and not restricted by maybe working 80 hours or whatever. You know what I mean? So he's making this argument. And then he says, the... Freest person in the world, the, the happiest person on earth, the most free, the person who has it all, um, what would they want? Like, what's the thing they still need, even if they have every material thing uh, that exists? And his that argument nut. is uh, he need, they need that nut. They need companionship. They need friends. They need some. If you if you had everything you ever wanted, but you didn't get to have you could not communicate with anybody else on earth ever sure you still would be miserable yeah so his point is true freedom is what we strive for and and when you achieve that the thing that you should value above all else is your connection with everyone and that's his definition did you read us the part on the true freedom or did you just read the companionship part i read the part on the companionship okay that's what i thought i just wanted to make freedom yeah yeah. yeah, what he was saying is the free man this this followed his argument about like gotcha what it means to be free. Because I, yeah, I picked that up at the beginning. That was the first I had heard of it, of you talking about the companionship. Because he, well, and he talks about it more from almost like, not from an inward perspective of you seeking it out, but like you need to provide it for others. And right. in so doing, you're getting it for yourself. You'll as reciprocate well. it for yourself. Right. They'll treat you. And, and, and furthermore, like we live, the thing that binds us all is that freedom of, of, of man that he argues and death. Okay, uh, and we have this kind of blink of a time on Earth between there, mm-hmm. and you could spend your time like, like being a shithead and like taking away your own <laughs> freedoms favorite. as well as freedoms of others, and making life miserable the sh- short amount of time you do live, or you can spend your time with empathy for your your fellow comrades and and bring joy and happiness yeah. into that march toward death that we're all taking. So to I get, thought that was really nice. Yeah, I think it's a nice perspective to get back to the personal freedoms thing. So he's only saying that it's restricting your freedom. Making a choice is only restricting your freedom if it doesn't bring you happiness. I don't even know if he's saying that. Sometimes you have to restrict your freedom through various forces in life. It just is you always have to make decisions. Even not making a decision is a decision to not make decisions, which would restrict your freedoms because you wouldn't. 
you wouldn't achieve the goals you want. You wouldn't meet the people that make you the happiest. You wouldn't do the things you find fulfilling and uh, at the end of it. Okay. And so you're always making decisions, and generally they'll always restrict your freedoms. And, and you should make the decisions, the things that will be the most rewarding, the things that innately we go, I like that, but I don't like that, uh, are the ones that restrict your freedoms the least. Hmm. The, do the job that makes you feel rewarded. You'll feel free. Um, treat people with respect, you know. Don't murder someone, that kind of stuff. Sure. The things that we define <laughs> well, I as love to ethics. Not murder. I do too. Things we define as like ethics and morals, he thinks like that's the underlying backbone behind it. Is that like we don't know why it feels good to be good to each other and it feels bad to like, you know, punch someone. But that is what it is, is that that you're restricting someone else's freedom, which is reciprocated on yourself. Hmm. And that that's his that's his his uh, philosophy anyway. Okay. And that resonated with me. I, I think, think it's true. Yeah, I think when you connect it to that moral aspect, that makes more sense to me than because I don't think every like quote restriction of freedom is necessarily a bad thing. It it isn't. It isn't. I think we need to simplify our worlds a little bit in order to be happy and even to that take advantage of that with like, his definition blink of, of a time we have agreed agreed with his definition of freedom that's kind of what he's saying basically you don't feel free you feel trapped by decision yeah unless like you're that restricted. sylvia plath poem where she watches all the figs wither and die on the on the uh, tree let me see if i can find it it's what? a good one because she can't pick one yes Oh, I gave it away. I get to read something now. Please yeah, do. Thanks a lot, Joe. I'll keep sipping this, but I still go down well, by the I'm way. I'm on Goodreads. I'm smart. All right. I saw my life branching out before me like the green fig tree in the story. From the tip of every branch, like a fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. One fig was a husband in a happy home and children, and another fig was a famous poet, and another fig was a brilliant professor. And another fig was E.G., the amazing editor and another fig was Europe and Africa and South America. And another fig was Constantine and Socrates and Attila and a pack of other lovers with queer names and offbeat professions. And another fig was an Olympic lady crew champion. And beyond and above these figs were many more figs I couldn't quite make out. I saw myself sitting in the crotch of this fig tree, starving to death just because I couldn't make up my mind which of the figs I would choose. I wanted each and every one of them, but choosing one meant losing all the rest. And as I sat there, unable to decide... The figs began to wrinkle and go black, and one by one, they plopped to the ground at my feet. Wow. See? Indecision. It's all connected there. Yeah, indecision. I think sometimes you do have to restrict your freedom of choosing a fig in order to... I completely agree. Kind of find out more about yourself and, yeah, be happier. Which I think, in in a kind of counterintuitive way, makes you feel... Um, makes you feel like... Uh, like you're not like you're restricting your freedom by restricting your freedom, but actually you're you're kind of unlocking it and enabling it. Right. There's there that connects to this book, by the way. Okay. This guy says he says, Don't be an imbecile. <laughs> it's kind of his message. But I love to be an imbecile. He Who's de- this guy? He defines being this an imbecile Bert? not as knowledge or intelligence. No, this is Fernando Savitar. He, he says there's five types of imbecile. One who thinks he lacks nothing, who says that he doesn't care, who lives in an everlasting yawn or a permanent siesta, even though his eyes are open and he doesn't snore. So this is the decision to be non-decisive, not paralyzed, but but just to go, I don't care about anything. Sure. The next kind Passive. is the next kind is one who wants everything. The first thing that comes to mind, and it's opposite at the same time, to go for a walk and stay in his chair, to dance and to remain seated, to chew garlic and kiss divinely all at one time. I think that's the the fig tree. Yes. 
Um, and then other imbeciles, one who has no idea what he wants and doesn't bother to find out. He either falls in completely with the ways of his neighbors or takes against them. Everything he does reflects the majority opinion of those around him. He's an unthinking conformist or a rebel without a cause. Yeah, I would say that's the that's the part of losing your freedom because like that usually wouldn't lead to a happy life if exactly. you're just doing that. You're doing it because you're it's the reacting. easiest thing. Yep, you have to, and it's that's the only not thing moral you know. or ethic. It, it right. Him. And then he, the two the two last ones. Another imbecile is one who knows what he wants. Oh, sorry. One who knows that he wants, knows what he wants, and knows more or less why he wants it, but he's wanting is too weak, timid, and spineless. Oh, he, he coward. Always, he always ends up doing what he doesn't want and leaving what he wants for the next day in case things prove more propitious. Oh, no. So you can be a... What was that last word? Propitious? P-R-O-P-I-T-I-O-U-S. Propitious. I don't know Propitious. that. Could you use it in a sentence? I don't know the word. Propitious. Poor. What is it? P-R-O-P-I-T-I-O-U-S. Propitious. propitious. Oh, propitious. Propitious. I think what you're trying ah, to say. Didn't know. It's P-R-O. Yeah. P-I-T-I-O-U-S. I thought you said P-O-R at first. Mm. Yeah, propitious. I've never heard of propitious. Oh, really? I don't know what that word is. I think, yeah, it just means giving or indicating a good chance of success. Right. So you put like everything a... off because maybe tomorrow it'll be better. Yeah. The okay. last kind of imbecile. So we talked about I think the... I'm the fourth imbecile so far. You're a coward? <laughs> yes. So you have an idea of what you want. That you want mm-hmm. and, and why you want it. Yes. But we don't care. The last kind is one who wants with a willful and reckless ferocity, but who has deceived himself about what is real. He wanders far from the track and ends up confusing the good life with the very thing that's going to destroy him. Delusional. Hmm. So you could be delusional. You could be a coward. You can be a conformist. You can be a paralyzed by indecision like the plum lady. Yes. Or you can be a, like a, the his eyes are open and he doesn't. A permanent siesta, everlasting mm-hmm. yawn. You can be a pacifist. So those are all imbeciles. Those, three of those imbeciles are almost like uh, creating their own reality. Yeah. So like even yep. Even if they're not necessarily living a like ethical life from a different perspective, maybe in their mind everything's okay. Yep. Yeah. Which I mean, that's probably one of the. But you might good be hurting three. other people. You could be, and that's where it becomes problematic. He also argues. He says he argues that every one of us, every day, is some form of this. None of us are are perfectly. Yeah. His opposite of being a moral imbecile is having a conscience. But a conscience is not something you win in the lottery or that falls on you from the skies. It's acknowledged that some people from early childhood are on a better ethical wavelength than others and have inherent good taste, morally speaking. But what about the? Um, what about those of us who are not on such a wavelength and utterly lack such taste in questions of living well? Well, I f- I'm afraid I see no solutions there. Um, <laughs> so he basically says you have to have some moral taste and you have to develop a conscious. There's some innate qualities necessary, but live a conscious life. Okay. And so how's the Bud Light going down? The Bud Ice, Bud Ice sorry. is delicious. Let me Bud pour Ice. you some more. I wish Thank I would have bought two silos instead of just the one. This is the conscious life that brought us here. What kind of imbecile are we? You said you think you're the coward. I don't think, I think you're the coward. I disagree with that. You've taken a lot of big steps towards what you want. It's true. On a but on like a daily basis, I think that sort of fits into what I feel right now. Yeah. I, I, yeah. What, do you feel yourself uh empathizing with one of those descriptions? Um either the I think maybe the conformist or nonconformist, okay. like just reacting to everyone around me, 
or the person who's kind of actively seeking what I think I want, but I'm not grounded in reality. I don't actually know what I want. Mm. So I'm out there doing stupid shit like, you know, drinking tall boys of butt ice <laughs> and stuff like that, thinking that that's what I need in my life. But um, but it isn't. I, I, like, I'm out of touch with what, what I actually want. So I do care to look. I'm trying to look. Uh, I'm not taking the long siesta. I'm not paralyzed by choice. I'm not being a coward about it. And not always going along with the crowd. But I don't know what it is that I want. I sure. don't know the why. I've actually had many discussions about sort of that, the not really knowing. And I think the thing I've told myself to make myself feel better is that that's sort of what the late 20s are, or like your mid to late 20s. Yeah. Is you're kind of in that in-between between being the college, you sort of like all the possibilities in the world are out there, and it's the path's still sort of laid out for you. Even getting that first job, that's still like sort of the next logical step. Right. But once you get past that and you're sort of like, okay, what field do I actually want to be in? What yeah. industry do I want to be in? Do I want to do my own thing? Do I want to start a family? Do I want to you know, travel a lot? Do I want to buy a house? All of those decisions are happening in that late 20s, early 30s range. And a lot of those are scary because it feels like you're choosing one of those figs, so to speak. And yeah. you're, you can't go back from yeah, it yeah. is sort of what it feels like. There's a, there's a bunch of lighthouses on the horizon. And this kind of cowardice is saying, well, I guess I'm choosing that one. And I, but I'm not sure. If right, I have right. Any idea. Not, I just want to get started, so I'm gonna. I just want to sail, way. so I'm gonna go that way. Right. Yeah, not just floating around. I'm not paralyzed. Not choosing any of them. I'm not too scared to choose. But I don't know if that one's the right one. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I've in a lot of discussions with people around our age. I think that's been a consistent thing. It's just sort of like, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm doing it. Like, right. I guess I'm doing this job now. I guess I'm getting married. I guess whatever. It's maybe the best kind of imbecile to be though maybe it's just like we kind of don't know yet and we're trying but we we're doing our best to learn but, yeah yeah you know we're but we can't really help that we're doing everything we can we're trying to be inward about it i think it is a good place to be but it's also what causes all of this sort of stress mm-hmm. or you know uncertainty yeah. yeah and you wouldn't have stress if you chose the simplistic overview of like not choosing or, or... Yeah, or, yeah, if you resign yourself to that, if you're just like, oh, I'm just still floating and I'm okay. Right, or I know that lighthouse over there, I do know it's the one I want, but like, ah, uh, it's really far away, there's one close over here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, that'll be okay. I'm gonna dock my ship in that arbor. You, know, <laughs> you bet. Uh, Bud ice. ice, baby. <laughs> yeah. See, that's how we transition between the, the fun beer and the... Snooty talk. Snooty. Uh, 5.5% alcohol. It's fun. We have fun. 5.5% alcohol, Nick. I actually don't feel a buzz at all. Sometimes on these empty stomach episode recordings, I'll like immediately feel the buzz, but I don't really feel it. It's just like nice and sort of smooth. It is nice. Why is this nice? (laughs) This sucks. So the the reason I have a negative perception, as we talked about, is that these things are things jammed in, um, in, in like the bushes around downtown Seattle, right? Yes. And it was given to me in a paper bag. Given to you in a paper bag. In case I wanted to slyly. And I think we're not going to try to tackle the, the, the topic of, of homelessness, but it, no, the, the alcohol of choice is generally the most bang for your buck um, for, for, for people who are doing that. And so that has a negative connotation publicly in that way. Not not that that people that are doing that should be looked at negatively, but it does make butt ice not, you know, it's not something you're going to see at a upper echelon cocktail party. <laughs> like, it is it is what it is. I don't want to be at that cocktail party no, if there's I, no butt ice. I'm with you. I expected this to go down poorly. Do you remember ever having... um? 
Uh, Milwaukee's Beast Ice. Milwaukee's, okay, Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's best, best ice. ice. I don't think so. Oh, it's bad. Okay. It's like Is that, really. What's the ABV on that? It's really fucking like woody and awful. <laughs> I, I don't remember woody. what the ABV is on it. Uh, okay. Woody and not in a it. good way. Hey, now. Um, but this 5.5% actually kind of surprised me. It's not that much more than um, than regular uh, Budweiser. Yeah. Uh, so Bud or Best Ice, Milwaukee's Best Ice is 5.9% alcohol. Mm. So it's a little gnarlier. Mm-hmm. 2.12 out of 5 on Beer Advocate, by the way. Or pour. Pour. Uh, don't pour me another. I, I, here's another thing I'll say. Sometimes we go through these, and near the end, I like it better. I like it worse near the end. It's getting warm, and the warm version of Bud Ice is no good at all. I'm Agreed. not a fan. When they sold this to me, the 7-Eleven up this road must keep their refrigerators near freezing, because when they gave it to me, it was like hard to hold on to as I walked to the studio. Your little hands were cold. My little hands were shivering in the sun. Wow. That's too bad. Um, and I did hold it with both hands the whole way, too. <laughs> Held it in front of me, jaunting <laughs> along. But in a paper Construction bag. workers were whistling at me. It was great. <laughs> As often happens when Nick walks around Seattle, he gets catcalled by the construction workers. Always. And there's always so much done construction. So much goddamn construction, I can't even see. I'm trying to take my butt ice to my podcast studio. By the way, this says Anheuser-Busch's exclusive ice brewing process takes the beer to a temperature below freezing, which leads to the formation of ice crystals in the finishing process that gives Bud Ice its rich, smooth taste. That can't be true. <laughs> Is that marketing material? Yeah. It, well, it's on That's the bullshit. it's on Beer Advocate, but they always pull the marketing material for that. Ice just has more alcohol content in it. It's not about ice crystals. It's the, the ice crystals, Joe. That is the crystals tell me the way. Horseshit. Freedom should tell you the way, not restricting yeah, it. Yeah, let's get back to freedom. Why yeah. can't we drink outside? <laughs> Why can't I walk around with a butt ice? Well, honestly, weirdly, hassled. most people, I think, only think of freedom in terms of law-based freedom. And laws are actually, yeah. actually, their intent is to protect freedom, a law. Yes, I should not be theory. free to murder you. That restricts your freedom quite a bit. Uh, and you know, I shouldn't be free to speed because I'm endangering everyone else around us. So in theory, they are there to make sure that we can live as freely as possible. We might have to have a whole episode sometime on the law system, legal system. (laughs) I, I'm. That's a whole other road. I think our legal system, of course, has its issues. I have bigger issues with cops, but not all cops, just, uh, Seattle PD. I'm not a fan of the Seattle Why PD not? in specific. I actually like cops around home. I've never had a problem with it, like in Wisconsin. What's wrong um, with Seattle PD? They're, they're so slow at everything. I've had personal grievances with Seattle PD. I don't even mean it as a cultural Yeah, thing. you did have some bad experiences. I've had a couple of bad experiences. Needing to call the cops. Yeah. So, um, so fair enough. I I, get, I think they have a hard time in Seattle because course. the city overall is like, we hate cops. Yeah. And that yeah, is yeah. not healthy for anybody. No, it's not. And cops in general... It's it's a thankless and very difficult yeah, job. Yeah, and in some places, yeah, very, yeah. very. It makes it even more difficult with the perception. But whatever. Yeah, we what don't are have to we talk doing? About I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's no absolute answer here. Of personal freedoms, not. though. Personal I'm, freedoms. Yeah, I've been getting into more of that, like focusing on personal freedoms as yeah. I've gotten older. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. We and, are all free. Yeah, but you have to be. You have to kind of retain that. It's like your. It's your responsibility to retain that. You don't just. Right. You do Don't give it get up it. so easily. Exactly. Yeah, but you yeah, can yeah. you by doing nothing you're making a decision to restrict yourself. 
We give um, it up so easily in so many ways. It's hard. Because it makes life easier. It yeah. makes life easier, but it's hard to to keep your your freedom, your your universe of freedom big. It's it's re- it's yes. easy to let people who want to sell you shit and to let uh, just indecision or apathy uh, restrict your freedom. Because like you said, then you're just floating down the lazy river. But um, yeah. you got to work kind of hard to to keep yourself to be. It's a, true. It's a you got to be vigilant. Like it's yeah. a constant thing, which is uh, interesting. I actually heard somebody earlier today. They were recording a podcast in the studio, and I was sitting in on it. They said something about like you need to basically choose. So this is a place where you choose. You need to choose like whatever your major tenets in life are, and so mm-hmm. that you're instead of making a thousand decisions every day, you're making one decision every day because. Uh, many different things tie back to this one like overarching thing that you yeah. believe in. Yeah, yeah. So if you're like, yeah, I'm not going to give up my time on a daily basis to people who don't matter to me, then you're going to make the decision to not subscribe to newsletter emails and mm-hmm. not take calls and not like take unproductive meetings, like things Focus like on the that. Projects that you care about so, personally. That exactly. Kind of yep. So make that one big decision, and that's the only decision you make, not the one thousand decisions every time. Yeah, you that's just, the lighthouse. You're you, you've you've picked that lighthouse. It's yeah, like exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be the only thing you're doing. That's sure. not the only decision you're making, but it's one of the major ones. And then you can focus on other aspects of your life that you actually care yeah, about. Yeah, you don't have to worry about every possible yeah. uh, definition of what it means to be good. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. Yes. I agree. Hey, Joe, for a change today, <clears throat> I got a mailbag to share with us. Wow. And Do I'm share. saying M-A-L-E bag. Oh, boy. A big, and boy, is he a bag. Um, no, so Zach... Patry ZP, my brother, Your brother, older brother, your brother, my brother. <laughs> that didn't work. That didn't work like Borat at all. Uh, this is the new mics; so they don't pick it up. Yeah, it's the mic's fault. <laughs> uh, so after our last episode, so the previous episode that was released, Pure Still, we talked about Creed's song, uh, the Six Feet from the Edge. Thing. Two weeks ago, yes, we yes, talked about Creed's yes, song, exactly. Yes. Thank you, Joe. And he had some issues with our analysis of it. So we are going to play the the uh, message he left for me in relation to this. He texted me right after he listened to it, probably that Friday it came out. And then I said, sound off, leave me a voicemail. And then he did. And you haven't listened to it yet. I have not listened so to it yet. We are listening you to haven't it live heard for the first time. Yes, I we'll see how either. it is. Okay, here we go. We haven't, okay. Oh, God I didn't it. have it. And I'm like, <laughs> like now you're nervous? <laughs> All right, Nick is trying to find. I download. The Where's the downloads? Here's the other thing I'll say: There's 25 fluid ounces in here. That's over two beers, and Nick and I drank this Bud Ice very, very quickly. quickly. So within it's a very sessionable beverage. Minutes. Yeah, very okay, sessionable here we go. beverage. <clears throat> Plug it in, Nick. I'm plugged in. He's he thinks he's plugged in. He's not. Oh, this is a oh fuck up goodness. if I've ever seen it. I tell you. Here we go. Okay. Replay it. Replay it. I gotta tell you. You guys spending all that time overanalyzing that Creed song just really got to me. When you overanalyze the lyrics like that, you're really taking away from the beauty that is music. Mm. What's great about music is that it's subjective. It means whatever you want it to mean. Sure, it probably meant one thing to the artist when they wrote it. But depending on when you heard it, it can mean something completely different to you. It could be a moment, it could be a person, it could be a vacation. And that's really the beauty of music. And you guys sitting there pretending <laughs> to know something about it was just really shitting all over that premise. Just felt the need to share that. 
keep doing what you're doing and I'm just going to keep sitting here drinking beer and listening to you guys. <laughs> I that I'll sort argue of fits what we're talking about today. It does kind of. I'll argue that we that is what we were doing. We were deciding what it meant for us, weren't we? I think well, we were I was legitimately confused. We were sort of making fun of it. Um, were we? Yeah, oh, I think it. so. But I think he's right. It, it, like art is meant to be we were doing with it what we like to do with it, though, I think is the argument. Like, some people like to just experience it, let it wash over them. Sure. But we were, like, sort of picking it apart, and that's what we like to do about it. That's our art. Not all art. I like to pick Hashtag apart. not all art. Not all art. Hashtag not all art. That's an easy one that rolls off the tongue. I like to pick apart Creed. Sure. Uh, because I'm not a huge Creed fan. Right. At least I thought I wasn't until I picked it apart, and then I had a new, all new appreciation for Creed. But thank you for sounding off, CP. It, he I mean, it made off. sense. You're right. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't be uh, so. Uh, no, we can of, though. I think is what I'm saying. Why can't we just do that? They well, put it out we there. It? Were we doing it? We weren't like writing letters to whatever the dude's name is and saying you're bad. <laughs> we're yeah, talking we're, about it. We're trying to break down what, how we interpret it. Yes. Up. So ZP's wrong. <laughs> He's sort of wrong, but that's his interpretation of our art, so that's, that's true. fine. Yeah, hey, it's kind of the point of a podcast, ZP, is to just put it out there and let just it wash over you. In, onto the internet. Right, you're not supposed to break down our podcast. Yeah. It's supposed to mean How everybody in a different subjective way. No, I actually kind of agree with him. Uh, thanks for sounding okay. off, ZP. I, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that was nice. I'm sorry I bungled the, the whole tech aspect of getting we that can edit it out and we will voice we'll edit it out we won't edit it yes we will the cord wasn't plugged in because we're sitting in different spots today so i'm further from the mixer we have new mics so we yeah we sat in a longer I like cord these mics, though yeah they're nice yeah they're good um what does ba have to say about butt ice butt ice is coming in at lower than milwaukee best ice by the way 1.89 out of five or Awful. <laughs> we don't have that many awful beers. We really don't. It's sort of surprising to me, though. This wasn't that bad. I agree. Isn't that weird? Okay, we so, might have a we might have a review worth sharing. Do your thing, and then I'll read this. No, I was going to start getting a ranking, so read it. Okay, I think this person is like, do they're leaning into it? They're telling a story here. So here we go. Okay. This is from Double J. Okay. Actually, reasonable username. Yes, Bud Ice. The last time I had something with that name was back in 2007 when I tried and reviewed Bud Ice Light. That seems like half a lifetime ago. With it snowing yesterday in some low-laying area of the Southland for the first time since the 1940s, it feels appropriate to go for an ice beer from a clear 12-ounce bottle onto the beer. He needs to work on his punctuation here. This, (laughs) This is hard to read. The body is clean and nearly pale yellow with visible, lively bubbles running from bottom to top. Sounds like my doctor analyzing me with my clothes off. Taint a tip. The fizzy head drops to a wee lace above. Before I baptize into the liquid, I smell it. Someone took Budweiser (laughs) and made the smell of fermented rice stronger and added an old steely note to show that the two are different. Not quite Budweiser and not quite malt liquor. The first sip, inoffensive, with little to talk about. Right. Once the liquid dries up, it reveals a nasty aftertaste that echoes <laughs> and leaves one of the worst aftertastes I've had in a beer. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah, that's, this is fair. <laughs> with small sips, I can somewhat tolerate it. With large sips, it pounds 
pounds bitter seltzer water, cooked rice water, and fermentation that was rushed, giving the overall flavors an unfinished quality. It feels wow. weak with a spritzy alcohol and a slightly syrup addition. I can tolerate a Budweiser, so I wonder where did Bud Ice go wrong? It's like the roast beef that was cooked at 500 degrees or a sports car driving on a 4x4 track. I'm going to grab the whiskey after this and finally say that I tried Bud Ice. 1.6 out of 5. Wow, what a review. He's really he turned up the heat. We might on have it. to lean on double J. He's probably got a whole slew of Click reviews. Click on his username. Yeah, let's jump to Click it. on it's the only user. review. Well, we'll find it later. <laughs> okay. Uh let's get to the rankings. I have a position for it because I was kind of scrolling through as you were reading that. And I didn't know if this was going to go right to the deplorables or maybe like the mild card territory. But as I kind of went through all the beers that I've had and that I really enjoy, um, I found a place for it, and it is in the deplorables. And I'll even give you a hint. It's kind of near the bottom. Okay. So Where's I have that lighthouse, there. Joe? Let My lighthouse for Bud Ice is the deplorable lighthouse, and it's near the cellars where the fermentation uh, takes place. So if I read you the bottom. A cellar at a lighthouse. Yeah, you can. Why couldn't you? You're right on uh, water level. If you were underground. Sea level. If you were underground, fuckhead, and it was a big uh, rocky can't... cliff bluff. <laughs> True. You could dig into the rock. Tunnel in. Okay. Uh, can I read you I the... got it. Go oh, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, I, I, I want to know where you got it before I read it. I would put it under Palisades Pineapple and above Not Your Father's Mountain Ale. Oh, you have it in Russian Radioactives. Wow. I have it higher. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so you have it at what is that? Not, uh, not your father. So seventy nine. Trello. Okay. It's seventy nine. Um, I have it right below Bex and right above Bud Light Orange. Oh wow! I think I would pick this. I really don't like Bud Light Orange. So I had it at seventy four. You had it at seventy nine. God, the Trello is so out of date. It doesn't even have Why Bud even Light look Orange at the Trello on it. Anymore. I don't know. We don't update it. Neither of us update it. You have to look at the website. No, it's coldcastpodcast.com right. slash rankings. So we did Milwaukee's <clears throat> Best Premium. I don't even remember doing that. We did, and it was 75, so this is very near the bottom. Like, we're right on the edge of the Russian radioactive tier. So you said below Bex? I have it below Bex, above Bud Light Orange at 74. Yeah, Bud Light Orange was pretty bad. I can't believe that was 5% alcohol, and this is 5.5. Huh. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. Well, no, we I really shit on backs, huh? We did. I, maybe I don't know. We had a rotten one, uh, but that would be above Olympia. You like it above Olympia? That Olympia is where I want fine. you. Is Olympia is your benchmark? So if you think you'd have, a, if there's a Bud Ice in an Olympia, available, my benchmark more like more like that it. thing came screaming up out of me. And hey, we haven't seen the test of time with Bud Ice. <laughs> the same could happen. Uh, if you're standing at a store or you're at a bar mm-hmm. and there's a Bud Ice and an Olympia, what are you reaching for? I'm standing at a bar. There's a Bud Ice Olympia. What do I reach for? What do you reach for? What do I reach for? What do you reach for? I and reach the blood for that big one. <laughs> and the blood triples down your neck. You Give me would? the Bud Ice! You would. Wow. So that means that uh, my half of the thing would actually make sense. So do you have it about, uh, where do you have it? You're good with that above Bud Light Orange? Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> okay, so it's at 74. I actually think that's like a big win for Bud Ice. I think so, too. It should have <laughs> been. A, coming into it, it should have been a ra- Russian radioactive. Yeah, congratulations, Bud Ice. Uh, and for those of you Cold Freedom. Cans Nation out there, yeah. 
Find your freedoms. Go get a butt ice today. Yeah. The Cold Cans Podcast is recorded in the Overcast Room at Cloud Studios in Seattle, Washington. Visit cloudstudioseattle.com 